0: And her business from her checkbook she had no financial statements she um, had a tax return but generally they were delayed extended so I couldn't tell anybody what her I couldn't tell what her profitability was except from last year's tax return that was nine or ten months old and I wasn't gonna go through her checkbook to figure out what she was making, but she was using it for personal stuff too. So it would have been just really impossible. Uh, and that was a business that was—I think it was uh, the owner, and she may have had a helper—and uh, they were in a wholesale fabric business. So she had a lot of inventory. She had a legitimate business, but the way she was running it, nobody would—nobody could tell how profitable it was.
1: Welcome back to the Apex Business Advisors Podcast. I'm your host, Andy Cavanaugh, joined as always by my co-host and president of Apex, Doug Hubler. Doug, still
0: standing. Still standing, still in pain. Well, we'll get the- (laughs) What are you going to say about that?
1: We'll get the massage table in here. Uh, Apparently, apparently time does not heal all
0: wounds. It takes a little time. It's okay. Okay, I'll we'll, be fine for this.
1: We'll, str- we'll get you a stretch. Let's, okay. get, let's get a good stretch in. That's we'll what do, I do. Uh, we'll do podcast and then we'll follow that Trushing by table. Uh, Team
0: Yoga. Okay.
1: So today, we like the value discounters as we don't like them when we get a listing, but they do make for entertaining stories yeah. on podcasts and at cocktail parties.
0: Well, usually, we, we, we hope that we're running up against the train wrecks before we engage the seller. So we know, I hate the surprises, so that's why we ask a lot of questions leading into working with a, with a business owner. So the story that I shared last week about the, the one-man band mm-hmm. that was the
1: HVAC company, yep. um, had about 150,000 in revenue, told me that he was uh, taking about a 20% margin off of that. Uh-huh. So that would mean that he's bringing in approximately 30,000. I hadn't okay. seen his books yet, okay? okay. So a couple value discounters right out of the gate. One, you're you're one man in a truck.
0: Yeah. What have you got to sell?
1: Number two, he had a banker friend that told him, rule of thumb, his business is worth three times his revenue. That is bad advice. And I said, well. um, Was that at a cocktail party, maybe? I, I asked him, I said, well, will your banker friend loan on it? Mm. Better yet, will your banker friend buy it? Every business that we, every one of these things that we talk about, could be a value driver. It could be a value discounter. Mm-hmm. It really just depends on where do you fall on that scale. Right. So That's last true. last week we held up having fully trained employees with a general manager in place, um, the business basically operating itself with the owner providing oversight mm-hmm. as a value driver. The example I'm giving, we're on the opposite end of that spectrum. No employees.
0: Owner's doing Owner's everything. Doing everything. All his knowledge is in his head. Customers know him, and that's it. So somebody taking over that business is going to struggle. His cell phone is on the side
1: of the van. Right. Th- that's who people are calling, and that also leads to. Uh, we've talked about customer concentration. Well, regardless of the number of customers that he has they know him Mm -hmm. and it's like me calling my buddy oh my buddy so-and-so you know he fixes my air conditioner for me when it goes out he sells that business well no longer that's no longer my buddy i'm calling
0: right right and and usually what you see on these one-man band shows is reveals that there's really no barrier to entry I've told my plumber, when he's asked me, what is my business worth, can I sell it? And I just say flat, no, it's you. The name of the company is you. You've, you've done great, you've done well, you made a living, you're ready to retire. I can't help you.
1: That is probably the biggest value discounter that we see come through here. Would you agree, mm-hmm. or what, what would you say? Yeah,
0: probably, I, well, I'll put it this way. The, the, the majority of the businesses that we can't help tend to be the super small one or two man operations, and I say man, person operation sure. that we we just we don't have a market for that. Generally those those are difficult to sell, difficult to finance, difficult to find the right buyer. Well and the
1: other thing too that say the one man operation mm-hmm. does is oftentimes they're taxed as either a sole proprietor or LLC as a sole mm-hmm. proprietor. Right, right. And the business becomes their piggy bank. Right. They live out of the business.
0: Yeah.
1: Because, well, I don't have any employees to pay. Doing that plumbing gig over at Doug's house, I got to go buy some materials for that. And mm-hmm. then, uh, okay, those materials cost me 500 bucks and I charged Doug a 1,000 to do it. Well, right. I paid that 500 out of my, my checking yep. account right. and then right. that money came back in. And now that I need something to eat because I'm hungry... <laughs> I got to go get right. some food off of, off of this. And yeah, so, yeah. and they end up, the books become dirty. That was one of the that's, other things that you had yeah. mentioned as clean books is something that's a value driver. Yeah. Explain that's, why dirty well, books.
0: You're reminding me of a story of a, of a client that I had early on where I really learned a, a lesson in somebody using their business for personal and business. But she literally ran her business from her checkbook. She had no financial statements. She um, had a tax return, but generally they were delayed, extended. So I couldn't tell anybody what her, I couldn't tell what her profitability was except from last year's tax return that was nine or 10 months old. And I wasn't gonna go through her checkbook to figure out what she was making, but she was using it for personal stuff too. So it would have been just really impossible. Uh, and that was a business that was, I think it was uh, the owner and she may have had a helper uh, and they were in a wholesale fabric business. So she had a lot of inventory. She had a legitimate business, but the way she was running it, nobody, would, nobody could tell how profitable it was.
1: When you are ready to sell that business, you're not really selling a business. And in many respects, it's almost like you're, you're getting your retirement from the factory. Mm-hmm. There's really nothing left because the business becomes unsaleable. Right. Um, you know, something else is, what's the future look like? Historically, there's been some pretty dominant industries that coronavirus has killed.
0: I think you're, you're talking about industry trends and, and also the business trends. So, you know, we talked about bad books, but we also do look at, okay, what's the industry doing? Is it a dying industry? Is it the, is it the buggy whip industry? You know, that kind of thing. Or is this something that's got a, that a, got a future to it? All of our buyers typically—they're going to be looking at those things as what, what's the industry doing? They're going, to, they're going to go out and do their research and find out if this is something that has some legs to it, or is it just the business that's trending downward? So that's—you know—it's a thing that is going to hurt the value of the business if either the industry or that business itself has downward trends over the last several years because we don't know if that's going to turn around that's the question is why is it trending downward especially if the industry's stable why is our clients business trending downward why you know what are the answers there is it retirement is it the 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 owners been out because of illness which happens a fair amount of times with businesses that we see so if there's a legitimate reason for it, that's great. It's still not going to help the value of the business, but at least it will be an answer for, for a buyer. Yeah. Last week we talked a little bit too about the uh, the business
1: operating systems. You got your employees in place, and you know those types of things. Something we didn't touch on was the reputation of the business. Mm-hmm. One of the uh, I've had buyers that have actually done the NDA, got the CBR, read through it and decided not to pursue any further. Oh, I, look, I went out and saw their Google reviews, and they're like a 2.5 star. Uh, they don't have very good Google reviews. Right, right, yeah. That HVAC company I was telling you about, I did the same thing. Went out, searched them, looked them up. Mm-hmm. One Yelp review, one star. Yeah, <laughs> that's not good. You don't, I don't know that you necessarily think about it, but that is something that will yeah. turn a buyer
0: off. Yeah. You know, I've got actually two clients right now who I've talked about their reviews because they've, they've basically ignored them, uh, not thinking it's important. You know, somebody who really is like, you know, I'm busy. I'm making a lot of money. I don't really need to bother with that. But I, I show them the reviews, and they're a little bit surprised what, what's out there. I say, all you needed to do was respond fix it, show them that you care. But if it just goes silent and you get a one star, that's, that's gonna show people, you know, that you don't have a good reputation, especially if you have multiple of those. And if it's just a short blip in your, in your business model, because of the coronavirus, things happened. And one of my clients had to make some changes uh, to adjust for a short staffing and that kind of thing. Well, rather than ignoring the negative review, he could have easily responded and said, sorry, this is something that we're working on. This is a short-term problem, but we are aware of it, and thank you for visiting us, whatever. But you don't just leave it.
1: And we touched on this early in an episode, so if you're going to keep your Google reviews and those types of things, if you're going to pay attention to those and keep those clean, also keeping a clean store, clean showroom. You know, we talk about clean books. You know, when Mm -hmm. you're... When you're looking at selling a business, it's very similar to when you sell your house and you, That's right. you, you clean up the landscaping, you mow the yard, you keep the house clean, you yeah. remove the clutter. You know, I, I've had a lot of deals where they go and they do the inventory count and they think they're getting $50,000 in inventory. And when they get in there and count it, 30000 of it is obsolete, right. unsaleable, yeah. damaged. At a minimum, it will cause stress. Mm-hmm. But they can kill the deal or severely, at the closing table, devalue what, what your seller's walking away yeah.
0: with. Yeah, Another thing that businesses, certifications, or licensing needs, and in some cases, you know, on, on one side it's positive because you have to have expertise in the business to, to, to operate it. You've got the right staff on hand. The downside could be if I'm looking for an owner for a minority-owned business or a women-owned business certification, and we need to maintain that for their clients, then I've gotta find a buyer who's meeting those requirements and can apply for it to to keep those customers, or I'm gonna be dealing with with buyers most likely who don't have those certifications. Now they're gonna risk Losing some of that business, and so it's it can be difficult in a transition for those certifications.
1: You know, the other thing too is that, we, and we talked about this as the reason for selling. If it yep. just doesn't make sense, I'm 32. I've got a business that's doing 450 thousand in revenue. I'm bringing in 90 thousand a year off of that, and I'm going to retire. Right.
0: Was there a lottery in their past? Right, like, like do I have family money, you know, what's... uh,
1: So, and I've actually had this with a young client. that Mm -hmm. I said, people your age don't retire. Right, You may
0: retire for a month and regroup, but you need to... What are you doing? Right, we need to call it what it is. Just tell people you're burned out. I've been doing it for 20 years. And people generally will understand that because a lot of our buyers have that burnout from their corporate experience. Sure. So, so people understand that. Yeah,
1: burnout is a burnout's a real thing. And yeah. wanting to move on and move into different things, is not always a bad thing. Mm-hmm. Where it becomes a bad thing is when you're burned out and you've got five years of declining revenue, declining profit. Mm-hmm. Right, right. Then your burnout is like, well, it's
0: because you're, you're burned out because your business you is taking. you got tanking. some bad trends there. And yeah. what's
1: what's going on and so
0: well I was just thinking about that you know the motivation by the by the seller is important we want to know that we want to know that we're working with a client who has legitimate reasons to sell and you know we're, we're gonna we're gonna shoot for the truth we want to really know what's going on uh, behind the scenes and I think usually we do it's either health issues could be marital issues um, the retirement, burnout. And if it's something related to um, maybe employees, we, we see that now because people, people are tired of trying to find employees and they just get, they're getting burned out from that. And that's, so it's understandable. We just need to say that what it is. And I think that the value detractor here on some of these businesses when they can't find employees is a buyer's looking at that and saying, "I'm going to have the exact same problem. Why am I going to have it any differently?" So I know I'm going into this with heading, meeting some headwinds, I guess. Well, and
1: especially on the employees thing. If they're coming in new, what you know,
0: what makes me feel like I'm going to
1: this? This person's been doing this for 10, 15 years. What perspective am I going to bring in that's going to help me find people like yeah. they know where to look and they can't find it? Yeah. Um, what you know? How am I going to do? How am I going to do better? You know the other thing too is you know you talk about the reason for selling. Do you have clean books? You know we I know we we kind of got no. off on on to clean books last week, but uh, you know dirty books are going to be the biggest detractor because if I can't if if I have to go through a matrix to find out where all the traits and. You know, I, I use the analogy of uh, untangling a bowl of spaghetti mm-hmm. to, yeah. to figure out where you're stashing this and where right. the bodies are hidden, and right. you know all of that. Well, okay, if I'm a buyer coming in, am I going to trust it? And also, you know, the other thing we see more often than not is that people will just get into it and be like, you know, what this is too complicated, it's too confusing. I'm out of here.
0: Well, I'm yeah, here. they see a couple of things. It's going to cost them a lot to have a CPA help them untangle that mess. And if even if that's possible, and they're looking at this as additional cost, but also their risk is going up now. Every time every time they look at it and say, "I don't understand how you're doing this and why you report it this way and where wait, where's that line item going on mm-hmm. that, you know?" Then they're going to say, "Yeah, I'm going to step away from this."
1: Well, the other thing too that those dirty books lead to, it's going to lead to owner financing, right? Which right introduces risk, and you know most owners do not want to; they don't want to finance it, right? Um, the likelihood of actually getting all of your money mm-hmm. is not very high.
0: Well, and I think that's that's a really uh, a red flag for a buyer when the books are not clean and a seller refuses to finance any of the deal, then and maybe their, their motivation is, yeah, I just want to do something different. Then, you know, all these things coming together and a buyer's typically not even going to negotiate a price. They're probably just going to walk away from it.
1: Yeah, and we talked a little bit about ad backs last mm-hmm. week. Um, those ad backs, great. You've, you avoided some taxes on it. But if we're getting a three multiple on your business, you probably shouldn't expect the full three multiple on your boats and your lake house and, you know, those types of things. Probably on your cell phone, probably on your life insurance, you Mm -hmm. know, some of those more legitimate type things. Yeah, you're probably going to get full multiple. Right. But, you know, if you're running every family meal through their home improvement projects, you know, you're probably, if you got a three multiple, you're probably going to maybe, if you're lucky, get a one multiple on that. You know, I just remember that one that I had where... Guy had seventy five thousand dollars on his taxes as his profit and taxable income, and when you added all the addbacks, he had I think it was like two hundred twenty five two fifty. So he's looking to get seven hundred fifty thousand dollars out of this business, mm-hmm. and we're looking at it going, you know, man, I think a bank will give you about two twenty five. So right. we got a big old gap here that we've got to come up with, and that's going to lead to if the buyer trusts. All of these things that you put in here on your mileage and your vacations and your road trips and your dog's vet visits and some of the other things,
0: yeah. if That's, they believe you. I was going to say, that becomes a huge trust issue, not only for the buyer, but then the, the bank is, is not going to finance all that. So they're, they're, they're going to be one of the ones behind you going... Yeah, but we're not going to include that in the right. in the cash flow yeah. number. So, one last thing.
1: Yes, as we as, as we, get we down, finish this up. Yes, because we
0: really didn't talk one one big thing, customer concentration, and and we talked about it a little bit last week. But if you've got somebody who has, and I've got a client or a potential client who has, you know, eighty percent of their business with one customer, and on one side that's been very good for them over the years. They've developed it, they grew that, but a buyer is going to, especially if they're new to the industry, they're going to avoid that that deal uh, or they're not gonna get a, a, a big multiple. The seller will probably have to finance that situation because with that much customer concentration, a bank generally will not finance it either. So um, something that on one side, of a business owner might think that's a great deal, a great customer, but everybody else is gonna look at that as a huge risk.
1: Yeah, just one final thought on customer concentration. What I've found is the, I've had these customers for 20 years, and a lot of times that I've had these customers for 20 years, the, if you catch the customer in an honest moment, they would have probably liked to have moved on 10 years ago, but they just couldn't break the relationship, couldn't right. make the call. Yeah, And when, the, uh, the person retires. It's the excuse they were looking for, for the past Having ten years looking. to go shopping. Yeah. Well, we we have ran over our our normal time. I knew we would we would encroach upon a marathon episode for us with this oh, one. Was such a good one. Yeah, and we've got so many more that I, I feel like we barely scratched yeah. the surface on this. Right. And uh, so I don't know. Maybe maybe we'll just more. occasionally come back and and talk about value discounters. But uh, we're going to shut it down for now. So. Maybe next week when we come back? You'll uh, you'll stop towering over me. Either that, or you have. Uh, I hope so. Either that, or you have decided that this is. Uh, a bunch I would more. like to sit
0: in a chair again.
1: <laughs> well, I uh, appreciate you uh, troopering through on this. I can tell you're uncomfortable, so I appreciate you uh, appreciate you doing it. If you are uh, looking at getting more information about buying or selling a business, as always, we're going to send you to our website kcapex.com. That is the place you need to go. Uh, this will be the final update that I will give on our friend that can email me now because he has recalled that my email is was andy at Um So I think we've given him a hard it's, time for about a month. So it's time to let that, let that shtick he go. He and yeah. everyone else knows. Yes, he and everyone <laughs> else knows where you need to go. Uh, blogs are out there. Podcasts are out there. Um, do want to put a plug out for our, our blogs. There's a lot of great information out there and those are very fast reads you know, I would encourage people to, uh, to look through there. Obviously you're yeah, not going to get timely it. and
0: current. Yeah. yeah.
1: And you know, the nice thing too, is even if you go back, uh, six months or a year, there's probably something relevant out there. And, uh, that's a lot of why we mm-hmm. do these podcasts as well, because we don't know where people are in their journey. And, uh, so we want something out there, um, that people can go and use as a resource. So, um, kcapex.com, that's the best resource that we can offer you. That's got all of our current listings and of course, how to get in touch with, with all the brokers here. So until next week, if you're looking at buying or selling a business, we got you fam. And if your buyer really senses that your little, um, Hey Russ, can I call you in five? Yep, yeah, be five. All right, I'll give you a call back here in Bye. view. Okay, thanks. Bye. I meant not to answer that. <laughs> I meant to right. send him a text, <laughs> and it did make it on here. So um, I may actually just use that as an outtake. <laughs> uh, so much for do not disturb. Right. Um, Well, I'm down to about 16% on my...
0: Okay. We're getting close here. What was I talking about? You were talking about... Well, we were talking about the the bad books, the... uh, You're not going to get all... Everything that you want. Yeah. All right. I'll pick up from there.